0: As promised, this episode is a completely new perspective for all specialities of medical sciences. Have you been wondering what is robotics, augmented reality, virtual reality, Internet of Things or Industry 4.0? Today, I have a genius person, a combination of a businessman and researcher, a Kalam Laureate from Winnipeg, Canada dr yasir madahi the ceo and founder of tactile robotics in this episode we shall be talking about the problem he is solving with one of his products called dent teach so let us dive deep into the understanding of industry 4.0 with dr Yasser madahi before we start let me ask you to bang on the subscribe button of the podcast and get all the updates we would love to get your feedback and reviews 3D printing technology is pushing the limits of customization bringing ease to surgical planning and making predictable outcomes if you are a surgeon wanting to make lives better you are in the right place welcome to the surgeons in 3D printing podcast and now your host Dr. Ruchi Pathak Cole to take you
1: on this beautiful journey.
0: Hello Yasser, how are you?
1: Hi, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good. And hi, Corey. Hi. <laughs> yeah, please could you introduce yourself first and then we'll uh, start with the conversation on a candid note.
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, I'm uh, Dr. Yasser Matehi, the president and CEO of Titan Robotics. Uh, I've been running this company for more than three years, working on different high-tech products and solutions for uh, different fields, including health sciences, dentistry, and rehabilitation. Wow, amazing. And um, my name's Corey Weir. I'm the uh, business development uh, manager here at uh, Tactile Robotics. And uh, I've been here for uh, just over half a year and I've been able to kind of... uh, see Dr Yasser in his uh, in his prime here as he uh, as he uh really brings a lot of the, our ideas to uh, to fruition. So.
0: Wow, great to know you guys. And uh, what I see is that you are quite a tech-driven person and you carry a lot of potential of helping, you know, the medical professionals, and especially with these times of the pandemic, which is there. I read about you helping the dental colleges and I was really intrigued, you know, because uh, looking at the situation today, education and imparting education and then practically actually doing it hands-on, which we consider, considered is getting difficult. And that's what I see uh, you guys doing it. And I would like to know more about that. So Dr. Yasir, can you share a little about yourself, your journey to opening the company? And then of course, your child, as you said, <laughs> then teach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, I would say this is my first child. I have two more physical ones, the <laughs> live ones, but those are considered as second and third ones. OK. So, uh, I, came, I came to Canada in 2009 uh, to do my PhD in mechanical engineering in robotics and haptics. Uh, so uh, when I was doing my uh, PhD on teleoperation, so I learned how to control things at a remote distance from a remote location. So what I did for my project, I developed a platform. You know, I I'm not sure if you know about this city, Winnipeg that we are living in. We have experienced plus 50 here and minus 52. Each year we do experience these two like 102 <laughs> okay. degrees difference. So oh if I was a, <laughs> if I was a mechanical object, I would crack like <laughs> Plus 50, minus 50. But luckily, we are human and we can adopt our bodies. So that's not a big deal. So one problem that we saw here, you know, live line uh, engineers and linemen, what they do, they have to go outside, outside the city, which is windy, which is like minus 40, minus 50. They have to go up on top of the crane, the bucket, and do maintenance, the icing, changing the insulators, and many live line maintenance uh, actually work, which is dangerous, which is less safe, and which is difficult to do.
0: Definitely. So the
1: idea that I was working on was that, what if we, if we have a robot, instead of the human on top of the bucket, like 30, 40 meters above the ground, yes. so instead of the, the human, one robot can do that but the robot needs to be controlled right
0: exactly that
1: that control could be done using a human that could be in their office in a warm place or inside the van inside the truck actually to be to be done by joystick and the joystick we use is called haptics haptics is like sense of touch so uh this is how it works so you have a robot on top and you have a visual on that robot. So there right. are cameras, you can see how the task completion is going. And there is a joystick or haptic device that you can control the indefector, the, the end point of the robot. So you can move the robot from point A to point B. You can attach a tool to the robot and ask the robot to tighten a knot, for example, to change the insulator or something like that. So right. this is called teleoperation and wow, this is nice. remote operation and it could wow. be done when you are in your office here when you are closed inside your car this is the concept of uh, internet of things this is the new industry generation that is called industry 4.0 yes. so uh i completed my phd so published uh, eight nine journal papers on that and after that i was Hesitant to go for industry or for Academy. (laughs) Either (laughs) way. So I received a very good scholarship at the University of Calgary. I did my PhD at the University of Manitoba, Winnipeg here. So I did my postdoc at the University of Calgary in 2013. After completion, my PhD, I started uh, started my postdoc on January 2nd of 2014. And I went there to learn about surgical robots and working on robotic surgery. This is the title of my postdoc. So I was working in a center that is called Project NeuroArm. And what is NeuroArm? NeuroArm is the only robot assisted neurosurgical system that is used in the world to perform neurosurgery on real patient, not 3D printing, just real patient. And so far it has uh, it has done like more than 60 uh, successful operation. Wow. Brain surgery, you can see how delicate yes. is that, how accurate is that. Precision, yeah. Yeah, everything. And the most important thing that we need is haptics because yes. you need to feel how much pressure you are applying to the skull, to the bone, to the tissue, to the tumor which has like different uh, softness than the regular brain tissue, those things. And this was the uh, parts that I was dealing with. And as part of my project, I was developing an MR compatible haptic device. Imagine, so when you are inside the MR home, what patients do normally for functional MRI Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with. So, this is how it works. They want to ask the patient to think about some words or to do some activities, and they want to actually study different regions of the brain. The brain. Yeah. So, but this is all about audio. They listen to something, they look at the photo, they look at the word, and they just try to think about that. But what if we have a patient and we ask the patient to do some physical tasks? Yeah. What if we have a robot, we have a device that is totally MR safe, MR compatible, and could be operated inside the MR machine that you know, that's crazy. High magnetic and it's very sensitive. So you should have sensors in it. You should have wires in it. You should have actuators in the MR machine. So you need to investigate compatibility and safety of each single component inside the MR machine. So uh, that could help the patients to actually perform some given tasks. For example, pick a ball from here and put it there. Is there any ball there? No, it's all virtual reality, right? What you see, you you just see on a screen that is is MR compatible again that you need to hold this haptic device and pick the ball and after that, place it on another, the second position. But all the forces that is applied to your hand in a real situation that is applied to your hand by the haptic device. Right, haptic comes
0: into play, all the tactile sensation, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm here that you connected to TicTac because I want to talk about TicTac Robotics and connect my S story and journey. To
0: <laughs> I'm getting Tic-tac
1: there. <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: trying best in getting there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and uh, I was, I was uh, fortunate to get the most prestigious postdoctoral award in Canada. Wow. It's, it's called Kilam fellowship so they call us like Killam Laureate. They believe that this wow. is something uh, uh, prestigious here, but I was really fortunate and blessed to get that. Uh, the year I got it, it was given to five people in Canada, and I was one of them. Oh, wow. so, Congratulations uh, today as well. <laughs> thank you very much. And I, I kept working on robotic surgery uh, and actually uh, fMRI haptic hap, uh, device. And at the last two years of the project, I was thinking, okay, what did I do in Canada when I came here? Did I have a specific reason or I just came here to just spend time and I know get my permanent residency, citizenship, something like that. And the answer was no, there was a reason you came here. If I saw what, everything that has been planned for me, I worked on robotics, haptics, teleoperation. I worked for lifeline maintenance in industry. I worked teleoperation for robotic surgery, the unique platform in the world. Everything is about remote operation. And then I had an idea. What if we just increase the distance? What if we take it to the space, Wow! not moon? not mars i'm talking about something that is useful for a human so i was uh, actually i wrote a proposal on robot assisted space telemetry we call it rast and the proposal was funded at the university of calgary so the idea was that the surgeons are in calgary or anywhere in the world. And the astronauts in International Space Station, there is a robot over there. The surgeons can control the robots, and the robot does, does real surgery. So, uh, of course, this is not a one-year, two-year project. That's a like 20 years, 50 years project. But the idea was that we had to investigate if this is feasible or not, if we can do that or not. So we started collaboration with the University of Manitoba here. We have a communication champion, Dr. Hussain here. So uh, we started working, we hired two master's students to develop a code because everything related Music. to space is classified. Can you get some information about something? NASA, no. Canadian Space Station a- Agency, no. So CSA, Nothing. no, everywhere, no, no, no. European Space Agency, no. So is there any published paper on that that we could get there? No, because those are like the outcome of 50, 60 years of research, high-tech research. They are not going to disclose the information, right? So what we did, we tried to, uh, with those two students that was uh, I was co-supervising, we tried to develop a program that program is emulating the communication network between here, the planet, and the International Space Station. And this is not like neuro surgical system or uh, uh, lifeline maintenance robotics, because the point is that the robot that is supposed to be in the ISS, it's not a stationary. The ISS rotates around the earth, right? And this is not just a circle. It has a sinusoid movement. So it's crazy. Uh, When I was working, we noticed that we have a blind spot of about 10 degrees out of 360 degrees that we cannot communicate. So what if you are in the middle of a surgery? I'm not talking about brain surgery. Just simple operations. Yeah, because you know, everything that is very simple it becomes emergency there, right? Definitely. Even a tool, something like that. I'm talking about like doing a micro manipulation task, not a real, real surgery because that's soon for now, and there, there is a long way to reach that one.
0: Exactly.
1: So uh, we emulated that, and it the, the the software after it was done, we could actually ask expert to. Validate that, and it was very, very close to the real situation because we considered several and several parameters and tried to be realistic. Even we considered the density of air, the temperature, the change, everything. We tried to consider as much as our knowledge actually allowed that time. So we tried to uh, incorporate all of those parameters. That was the...
0: Uh, another
1: experience. So what we did, so from Manitoba Hydro, which is a, like less delicate task, tax, task, task, sorry. And then uh, robotic surgery, and then uh, international space station.
0: My so God, if, if <laughs> it's <I> like.
1: <laughs> wanted, if I wanted to follow that, the next station should be moon and Mars, right? But Looks for like. me, the next <laughs> next station was technical robotics. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But I was wondering now, definitely it's going to be Moon that you're going to tell me about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. So this is, this is what I did. I, I, I decided to use my little experience that I had to something that is helpful and useful for our community here. Right? When we wow. talk yeah. about, uh, like teleoperation, robotic surgery, ISS, those things, those are high tech actually, industry, I would say. But can I serve like public with that? Not really. N- not Not, 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 a not huge as much idea. as I want, right? So I decided to have my company here. And during our postdoc, we had a company actually there. I was the shareholder and executive member there. So I could learn some business part during my four years of postdoc. So I had a, I was a combination of business person and a researcher, which is difficult because I would say they, are, they both are opposite.
0: Exactly. So you can
1: publish a paper or you can earn money. And when you are a researcher, you are shy enough to go out and sell something and ask for money for the business, right? Exactly. But I think, I think I could make a right decision to go uh, for an R&D company, a high-tech company. And the, f- the first product that we started working on came from, uh, the idea came from my wife. So oh, my wife wow. Was, yeah. So, uh, my, my wife actually started dentistry here. So, the way they were taught in the classroom, she was not happy. And she was complaining all the nights that she was coming home. Oh, I don't understand. Why should I just gather around the instructor and the instructor puts a John on the table and try to use the drill to do so? <laughs> Oh, I have no, I have no uh, clue what, how much force or pressure she's applying, or how I need to handle the tool because that's very important. As a yeah. as a dentist, that could be a lifetime pr- pr- health problem for you. You need to know how to work with mirror, with handpiece. Even that, that part sense. is difficult. Like you are standing in front of the mirror, you are trying to cut your hair that's so you have so
0: many jokes for dentists because of the reason (laughs)
1: yeah
0: (laughs) that's the reason you have them
1: (laughs) yeah i think yeah that was the the first uh actually idea that we tried to work on we started uh this is this is the only part that we are similar similar to apple we started from our basement we worked there for a year <laughs> wow <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah and uh, we started like uh, more than three years ago so i want to stop here i have like i can talk uh, for like another two hours but maybe you have a specific questions about Company products or how we yeah help it. I would like yeah. to know
0: definitely the products that you have uh, which can actually help patients help doctors actually execute technology uh, because this platform was basically for three D printing as a technology uh, and I wanted to know what are the other technologies we can associate together and actually help patients because my focus is also around the patients. And like you said, a researcher and business uh, acumen both together, it's a little difficult, but let me tell you, I'm at the same point at the moment. So I don't know where am I going, but then I definitely know that the combination that you talked of, I'm at the same uh, level of com- combination, but I don't know where Perfect. am I going ahead
1: with this. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a very, very tough decision. Yeah, so, it's very You know, when, when you see that you have spent your life at university, research labs, you have published, published like 70 journal and conference paper, and you are ready to be a university prof. And suddenly you decide to go to do real job.
0: Exactly. The real
1: job. I mean, all the research, everything at universities, they are wonderful. But we need to investigate how much they have impacted the human life actually right, right? yeah that's and what came to my it mind will in, yeah it will impact but it takes time it because takes as of time. part of your mission you need to graduate students you need to wait for yes. governmental funding you cannot have private funding to expedite the projects one project may take like decades so exactly. uh, it just goes on be, and on and on <laughs> yeah and another thing that you see in research at universities is perfectionism yeah they try to increase the accuracy from 99 percent to 99.5 and 0.56 and 0.6 0.7 so you know what even 90 percent works because there is not such technology out right so let's start with 90 percent then we will make it 95 99 that's that's fine that's that's why i noticed that perfectionism is the enemy of success
0: yes it kills your uh, you know innovation it just dies
1: because of that perfection if you just go after that yeah, exactly and the reason that at universities they can they can be perfectionists, but in business we cannot is that no. they have free money to spend yeah but we have to pay from our pockets so we try to take it to the market Yes,
0: and you have to work and create money. So it's like, you know, doing both the yeah. things together. So you have to have the researcher's jobs. mind and the acumen of the business person. So it's a difficult uh, situation.
1: <laughs> exactly, you're right, you're right. So let's be talking about two uh, main, actually directions that we are going to. So we are helping patients for sure. And at the other side, we are trying to train better students. Okay. So the problem that we solve with the dental platform. This dental platform is called Dent Teach. So a platform that is using for teaching in dentistry. Dent Teach. Yeah. So this is the idea. So in we call it tabletop uh, like uh, platform. So <clears throat> teaching method. You have the jaw here, the lower jaw or upper jaw. You just put it on the table, and right. instructor tries to teach the student how it works. Okay. There are three techniques so far. First, the instructor puts that here, and there are groups of a students, a group of ten, let's say. They just gather around the instructor, and the instructor is working with the. Can they have the pen? The instructor works with the uh, handpiece and this right. high-speed handpiece, low-speed handpiece, and try to do a prep, for example, for this student. Right. And the students are just watching. And depending on the angle of their wheel, the perception they have from tool handling is different, right?
0: Okay. So I
1: should hold it like this. And the other one says, oh, I should hold it like this. And this yeah. is not real, right? Okay. another thing is that how much pressure you're applying to this are you applying uh, enough pressure to avoid reward? exactly or you are apply, applying excessive pressure so a simple filling could Can be turn endo into a
0: perforation yeah
1: yeah could be endo so exactly it's very important to have some idea about this right and another thing that if you put your upper jaw here, it means that the patient is upside down. <laughs> upside down. Exactly. So that's another concentration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is that when you are working here, when the student is here, do you have a proper view on the tooth? No. The hand and the handpiece, yes. they are blocking your view. That's why you're trying to change your. Yes. Everybody's around. hinging
0: around. Yeah.
1: Exactly, so there are are four problems that we solve.
0: I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. You must have heard, behind every successful man is a woman. And so, Dr. Yasir's wife is the dentist. And she actually presented him with such an amazing problem for which he actually strived and created the very first product. So we will continue the journey of Dr. Yasser. Know about his product in the next episode. Till then, stay safe and live with passion. Life is a work in progress. What matters at the end is the journey.